0: Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com slash SME today. Again, agorapulse.com slash SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who wanna know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Tara Zerker, we're going to talk about how to write better performing Facebook ads. If you have been struggling with ads that are really costly or they're just not converting, this is for sure the episode for you. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, would you be sure to follow this show? We've got some amazing content coming your way. And now for this week's interview with Tara Zerker. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Tara Zerker. If you don't know who she is, you need to know who Tara is. She's Facebook ads expert, founder of the Successful Ads Club. And Successful Ads Club is a membership site designed to help marketers improve their Facebook and Instagram ad results. Tara, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today?
1: Thank you, Mike. It's so good to be here. I'm excited to be here with everybody today.
0: Awesome. Well, today, Tara and I are going to explore how to write better performing Facebook ads and I don't know anybody that doesn't want their Facebook ads to perform better. So, let's start with the big question which is a lot of people right now are like not sure even about Facebook. They're questioning whether or not like they should be investing in Facebook. You know, maybe they've been hearing some of the press that Facebook lost a little bit of their users and their stock declined like the biggest decline in a single day and they're just questioning whether or not they should be investing their money in Facebook ads. What do you want to say? Why should marketers not give up on Facebook ads? What's your thoughts?
1: Oh, such a good question, Mike, especially with the privacy updates from last year that are continuing to roll into this year. I mean, there are so many things with Facebook, right? It's always, I feel like a controversial platform at this point. But here's the thing. It is still a very valid, very important platform and channel for client acquisition, as well as engagement. You have to really think about where your customers are hanging out. And most of them are still hanging out on the Facebook suite of platforms, which of course includes Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger, I mean, people are still on these platforms. They're still hanging out there, which means you can find them there. You can market to them there. You can engage with them there. And that's what you should be doing. But also I want to say this applies to so many other platforms as well. So you'll take a lot of this and you can transfer this across platforms. This is valuable information no matter what platform you are using primarily or experimenting with or wanting to move into, activate, etc. This applies to just about everything.
0: I love that. And I just want to remind people some of the metrics I don't have the exact number in my head but it was 1.9 something billion people still actively on Facebook. It went down by like 10 million or 100 million, but it's still a huge number of people that are active on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And still, my understanding it's one of the more economical options out there and the fact of the matter is that a lot of people have had great success with Facebook and your Probably one of them, if you're watching or listening to this right now. And, you know, this iOS stuff that you talked about earlier with ad and privacy stuff, I mean, it's getting a little harder, right, for us to do Facebook ads. And therefore, we need to be smarter, right, with how we create our ads. That's really what we're here to talk about today, which is how can we get more out of what we're spending with Facebook, right? So, talk to me a little bit about why text and copy is so important when it comes to Facebook ads.
1: All right. So a lot of people think that the visual component is the most important and that's what you should focus on. And I want to debunk that. I think that is a misconception and a myth, and I think you need to focus on both. But they have different utilities to them, right? So the visual component, I always think of it as it's there to stop the scroll. I'm sure that I've shared this statistic. In fact, I know I have on the YouTube channel with our community here, but there is such a fascinating statistic that Facebook released a few years ago. Essentially, people scroll when they're on mobile and you know that we're spending most of our social media time on mobile. People are scrolling essentially the length of the Statue of Liberty every single day on their phones. That's crazy. That's insane. Like the length of the Statue of Liberty. And so we actually scroll at least four times faster on our phones than we do on desktop. And we're making our way through a lot of land during our device time. And so I want you to think of the visual component as stopping the scroll. That should be where people slow down, completely stop. They want to take in your ad. They're interested. They want to hear what you have to say. And they immediately go from that visual component, whether it be a video image or GIF, well, image, I guess we count as carousel, right? But whatever that visual component is, they go from there to the copy. Now, I always say that copy done well can do the heavy lifting on your conversion, your sales, whatever that next step is for the people. So if you do your copy extremely well, you can have people 60, 80, 90% sold by the time they get to your sales page or your landing page. So if your next step is for them to give their email in exchange for information, you should have them mostly sold at the ad level where they're like, man, I really want this. So that when they're going to that landing page or that sales page, whatever that next step is from the ad, when they hit that next step, really they're just kind of scanning the page, making sure that it feels cohesive. Yes, this is exactly what I want. And honestly, they're just really at that point looking for any red flags, something that would stop them from what it is they've already convinced themselves they want or need. So your ads, when done correctly, can do most of the heavy lifting for your next step. But most people, they just slap some copy in there. They hope it works. They're not thinking about it super strategically I mean, strategically enough that they hope that it gets people to click their landing page, but you'd be doing so much more with the copy on your ads.
0: I love what you're saying here because this is a little different of a philosophy than maybe what we used to do back in the day. Back in the day, it was create compelling enough copy or curiosity to get someone to click. Yeah. And it sounds like today the job of the ad is actually to do more than just compel them to click because you don't want just any click, then you're going to spend more money, presumably, right? You want the right kinds of clicks. And therefore, if you can craft an ad that is designed to persuade instead of just crafty, creative, you know, spam bait, kind of like I want them to click and then they're just going to abandon, that's not going to help you at all. Right?
1: Exactly. Totally. Especially in this post iOS world where people are more concerned about what they sometimes accurately or inaccurately perceive as rising costs, right? Definitely, when you look at your Facebook ads manager, your dashboard, it looks like your costs are rising now. That may or may not be true. I've seen a lot of accounts that look like costs are rising, but when they compare their backend data and they look at their Google analytics, they're like, oh, our costs are the same or even better than they were before but tracking is definitely inaccurate. It's making things look a little bit skewed and crazy. And some people are experiencing truly rising costs in their ads. And that's where this comes in, Mike, where you have to get smarter. You have to make your ads more compelling. Your ads need to do heavier lifting if you're going to be successful with Facebook for sure. And really any of the platforms. Again, this applies to any and pretty much all social platforms where you're using any amount of copy in your ads, whether it be in the video or if you have a little bit of a section for you to put copy in, this applies to everything.
0: So we've established the case that copy really matters. And anybody who's been in marketing for a long time understands the power of copy. Where do we find ideas From our own business, if you will. Like, where do we source these ideas from? Because obviously, if we're advertising something on Facebook, presumably we've got a product. And we've been marketing that product and selling that product for some period of time. So where can we find ideas to not have to reinvent the wheel when it comes to our copy?
1: Okay, so I love to assemble copy. I'm not a huge write copy from scratch type of girl. I like to actually assemble it and gather it, which makes your job as a marketer 10 times easier. So the first place I'm going to look for copy is the landing page or sales page. Now, some marketers believe that you need to have original copy for the ad and then they get to the landing page and it's something, you know, a little bit different. And I don't think so at all. And the data would show me that this is accurate. When we've tested this, I can't even say across how many millions of dollars at this point. We have learned that copy that reflects what is on the landing page tends to do the best. It's not always the case. so You always want to test this, but in many instances, when your copy on your ad is exactly what it is on your landing page, it performs so much better. And this goes back to psychology. You know, Facebook has shared with advertisers like how important it is that when people go from your ad to your landing page or sales page, they do not want to see new stuff. They do not want to process an entirely new set of information. They want this to feel very seamless. And truthfully, they don't even want to read the landing page. They just want to make sure it's cohesive and that it kind of rhymes with what you said in the ads. As long as it does that, then they just want to get their thing, whatever it is that they want to sign up for. They want to put in their email or their phone number or credit card and they want to get the thing that was promised. So you want to make this as seamless as possible. So I go to the landing page. First thing I'm going to capture is the headline. Now, obviously the headline needs to be good, right? And Mike, you are like copy king on this stuff. So I'll be so curious to hear your thoughts, but the headline is the most important piece of copy. You need to pull into your ads. You can also pull in the sub headline if you have one. That's like another really good thing to gather. And of course, you want to pull in, and this is a great thing just to kind of pull into a big doc and then you can start writing your ads from there. So gather your headline, your sub headline, and you also want to gather any bullet points that appear on your landing page because you're going to use that to make some of these copy variations. And then another thing that would be really helpful is to go through your Yelp reviews or your Google reviews, or if you have a big file of reviews, customer feedback, testimonials, et cetera. And pull out some really potent testimonials that you can use in your ads as well. We'll kind of go through how to assemble all of these. But those are the things that you can gather together very quickly. This should not take more than 5 to 10 minutes. And now you have some really great swipe copy that you can use to put these ads together in a really simple, effective way.
0: I love what you're saying here. Typically, the headline is some sort of a benefits or future promise focused headline that says this is what you will achieve if you purchase or invest in or whatever this product. And then, you know, the subhead is underneath that. And then sometimes, depending on how long your sales copy is, you might have section headers that you probably want to pull, right? Like, for example, if you go to Social Media Marketing World sales page, you'll see the different section headers we have. And then sometimes some people depending on where they get down to the price they might summarize some of the frequent like who what why when and you know like just the facts kind of thing like if you got a short summary of what it is and why that would also be valuable copy I would think you would pull if you've already created ads in other mediums like email for example right
1: Absolutely
0: Or newsletter ads you may as well pull all that data too right I find it fascinating. What were you going to say about the newsletter stuff?
1: No, that is so, so good. Or even think about subject lines that have done really well for you, even in the last quarter. Right. You can take all of this and turn it into some of your top performing ads of all time so easily.
0: You know, it's kind of sounds like fascinatingly stupid, simple (laughs) that you literally should just copy the stuff right off the sales page. Right. I mean, is it really that simple? I mean, it literally is exactly the same. So simple. Wow. Okay. That's crazy.
1: Now you're going to test. You can always test different things, but I want you to start here with your testing and you will find, especially if you've thought through your sales pages and your landing pages, if you have really thought these through, then your ads should be no brainer. I mean, you could put them together in 10 to 20 minutes. Wow. Honestly, we have done so many incredible ads that have produced millions of dollars for our clients, literally millions that have just been assembled in the exact way I'm telling you guys in just a few minutes. So this does not need to be rocket science. Now, if your landing page has not been well thought through, then you've got a different problem. You really need to think through what this offer is Whether it be your exchanging information for email, text, you know, phone numbers or credit card transactions, you've got to really think through whatever the offer is and make sure it's juicy and enticing and it solves a problem. And I always like to say it needs to solve. And this was one of my dear friends, Carolyn Soldo, who always told me this: it has to solve a migraine problem, not a headache problem. Mm. Too many people are trying to solve headaches, and that's not good enough. It needs to solve a migraine.
0: There might be language that's on our sales page that may not work on Facebook. So are there certain phrases or words that you think we should avoid because we don't want to make that mistake, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Facebook is highly sensitive. If you have had ads rejected, your account turned, if your account has been suspended, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been in Facebook jail, this is going to resonate with you. And a lot of people, even though you know this can be a total mystery to them, like, why are my ads getting rejected? I don't understand. And there's several categories of things that Facebook is very sensitive about. One of those that used to be kind of the unwritten rule, I think is pretty well known at this point, is to eliminate as many usages of you and your as possible.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Yeah, that one's huge. And if your account is not sensitive to this, don't worry about it. But if your account keeps getting ads rejected or your account gets shut down and you're wondering what in the world am I doing? I'm following the policies that Facebook is sending me. I still don't know what's wrong. Try getting rid of as many using yours as possible. I try to limit it always to one to two per ad at the most.
0: Okay, that copywriter in me is cringing on this. I know. <laughs> because this is the most powerful word yes. in copy, which is you and your, because everybody wants to focus on themselves, right? So how in the world do you get rid of that? Do you say marketers instead of you? Marketers are looking for it. Would you substitute your target audience or moms are looking for it? Is that kind of what you're doing?
1: Yeah, exactly. And you'll be amazed how many instances you can just simply delete. It might not make your... Copy the most grammatically, you know, perfect copy in the world, but you'd be amazed. At, like I said, what you can simply just delete out of your copy. Not everybody's account is sensitive to this, but I will tell you that there are so many accounts that are expensive ads. Now, this is not a publicized or Facebook has not come out and said this, but if you have too many using yours and your ads and they're working, but they're expensive. I mean, that could be a reason why. Harvard Business Review, I was reading an article in there once, and they said, basically, marketers have to travel this fine line of being personalized but not creepy. So let me put this in an example that I think everybody will relate to. And if you don't relate to it, you'll understand why too many using yours can cause problems. So we'll take weight. Weight is a very sensitive topic. You know, obviously nobody really wants to be called out for their weight. So if you're scrolling through your Facebook and you see an ad that says something like, are you ready to get rid of those extra five pounds? Are you feeling heavy, bloated? Do you wish that your pants fit better? Okay. That's pretty powerful, but the effect of that can leave me as the consumer feeling like, ugh. How does Facebook know this much about me? I'm a little creeped out that like, yes, this ad is relevant. And yes, I actually do need to lose these five pounds, but I'm a little creeped out that they know this about me. So Facebook is trying to make sure that as marketers, we're being very sensitive to being direct and relevant, which they want. They actually want us to be very relevant to their people, right, to their community, They do not want us to feel creepy like we're snooping on people and we're overhearing conversations about how they're complaining to their best friend about these extra five pounds. So I would reposition that ad as something like it's time to feel fit and fabulous. It's possible to do this in 15 minutes a day. And we're doing a 30-day challenge to teach you, you, there's your instance of you, how to do this. So you see how that kind of reframes it a little bit. So now I'm like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to feel fit and fabulous. That's exactly what I want. And so I'm not thinking about that too direct of targeting and like, oh, I don't like that Facebook knows that about me. Of course, Facebook doesn't know that about them, but marketers, we can make it feel like that, right?
0: This is fascinating because we call these things desired outcomes, right? So like in the copywriting world, we talk about what's the desired outcome, which is a positive thing, right? But normally as marketers, we tend to identify the problem and agitate it a little bit because that's a very common model. Like for example, clothes not feeling great, need to go to your 10-year reunion, you know, that's the way you would agitate yeah. it, right? But that's not exactly what you're saying. What you're saying is like, this is your year to make those resolutions come alive, right? <laughs> Something along those lives, right? So it seems like they're actually trying to get people inspired of a possible outcome a little bit more than focusing on the problems that they're facing with ads. Is that really what I'm hearing you say?
1: So that is a definite another thing. And again, this has all been tested across hundreds and thousands of ads at this point. And these are just trends that we've noticed, but and yours can feel a little bit too creepy to the consumer. And so Facebook has actually asked us, not necessarily directly in policies, but sometimes you'll get great reps who will respond back to you with very clear reasons about what they're trying to avoid. And they will tell you that you and your can violate policies. Hmm. So you want to avoid you and your, you also want to reframe things that are considered highly sensitive. So money is highly sensitive, weight is highly sensitive, relationships, those are highly sensitive categories. Facebook actually does have policies around each of those. So you can read those if your business happens to fall into one of those categories, which many will. But you want to be careful not to get too deep into the pain point or what I like to call Lazy pain point. So you can definitely call out pain points, but Facebook wants us to avoid. And you can think about the research that has been done on this, and it's very clear why they would want to avoid this. But you want to avoid words like lonely, anxiety, anxious, you know, things like that, that's going to leave people coming away from the platform with now these seeds planted in their heads of, Am I lonely? Am I anxious? Facebook does not want people coming off of their platform feeling worse about themselves. Social media, unfortunately, can have that shadow side effect of not making us feel our best. And they would like advertisers to help them in their mission of making social media a positive place. So the more you can do that as an advertiser, the more you will actually see your costs get better you can try this for yourself on your account. Put an ad out that's full of pain point and put an ad out that you can still address pain point, but maybe a little bit more creatively, not using those lazy pain point words of you know anxious, stress, anxiety, and see the difference. You will actually see most of the time, again, this is not true for every account, but for so many accounts, you will see A stark difference in your CPM, your cost per thousand impressions. That's what Facebook is charging your credit card, whether or not you get results. So you want your CPM to be as low as possible. The more of those, we'll call them stress-related words that you put in your ads, the more Facebook is not going to reward you. (laughs) But how can you get to pain point? So you can still say that, Mike, you had a great example of that actually clothes not fitting as well as they used to, or, you know, want to get back down to that
0: high school weight or something.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's perfect. That kind of still gets to that pain point, but it doesn't put it in terms of, are you feeling anxious about that?
0: I get it. Okay. All right.
1: So you want to be creative with your pain point if you're going to go there.
0: Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. So let's talk about body copy of text. And when I say body copy, I don't know if that's the proper language, but I'm talking about the text above the image. Mm -hmm. So how long should our copy be? Because for those of us that have longer sales pages, I mean, obviously, It could be ridiculously long. So talk to us about what your experience and best practices are for the length of the copy.
1: Absolutely. So interestingly enough, I have found in my earlier career testing so many different types of copy and ways of doing copy. I actually found that copy length can make one of the biggest differences. So I'm going to tell you exactly what I do. I test short copy, which is a couple of sentences, medium copy, which is a couple of short paragraphs, and long copy, which I used to say is as long as it takes to tell the story, but people took that way too far. And so now I just say that is a few short paragraphs. Okay. Now, caveat to that is if you're the type of person who – just really converts from super long copy, I mean, go for it. But for the most part, long copy should be kind of just a little bit longer than your medium copy.
0: Okay. So just so we're clear, do you have any word counts on like what the difference is between medium and long, just out of curiosity? I mean, like, can you just guess, like we're we talking about like, oh,
1: okay, yeah, word counts. Well, let's see. Let's say short copy is a couple of short sentences. Okay. And medium copy. In fact, I've got some right here that I kind of mocked up for us. Let's hear it. Let's call that like six sentences. Okay. How's that for kind of a good ballpark? Yeah. And then long copy. Again, I have a great story of a client who the longer the copy she wrote, I mean, crazy conversions. Really. And it just blew my mind because we would test, you know, short copy, medium copy for her, even kind of longer copy. But I'm telling you, when she would like almost max out the character count. And people would be so converted because they literally just spent probably two to three minutes reading her ad. And so by the time they got through to her funnel, I mean, they were all in. Her return on her ad spend was I think it was like six, seven X, something like that, just because she had poured so much into telling the story and the reasons why she launched her program and you know why she was so passionate about it. By the time they made it through the funnel, it was just a reiteration of what they had already read.
0: What's the limit on how much copy you can put in there?
1: Ah, I should have come prepared with that. I don't honestly know.
0: Because I've seen organic posts that have ridiculously long copy
1: it's that length. I mean, okay. it's really ridiculously long. We'll call it.
0: Okay. <laughs> it sounds like you have some examples. Do you want to read off maybe your short one and your medium one? Or? Yeah. Okay. Let's hear it.
1: I thought this might be the easiest. So I'm going to just take a local brick and mortar store, for example, and I'm actually going to add in a caveat here. So if you are a local brick and mortar, which I know a lot in our audience are, you always want to make sure to add in geography markers. You should put these on your landing pages as well. But I just pretended that, you know, I was writing copy for a yoga studio just to kind of give everyone a nice, easy anchor. I pretended like we're in Milwaukee. Okay, cool. Okay. So you could just say something like, hey, Milwaukee, if you're local, always get a geography marker in that first sentence. That way people know, do I need to drive across town, across the state, across the county? Like where is across the neighborhood? Where is this place? So I just said, hey, Milwaukee, get your first week at our yoga studio name, put in your name, for 11 bucks. Feel fitter and more relaxed starting immediately. Click now to claim your offer.
0: Wow, that's short. That's it? That's nothing? That's it. Is that even enough to fit before the more button? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, cool.
1: And so that might be a perfect way to explain short copy. You kind of want it just to be couple of sentences. It just fits right in. They don't have to click more and boom. If they're interested, they're clicking over. Now, let me just say that that short copy was, I would be for that example, pulling a headline and I added just a little bit of a benefit statement. So if there wasn't a great subtitle on that page, then I would just add in a little benefit statement and a call to action. So headline, subtitle, or add in your own benefit statement and call to action. That short and sweet should work just fine.
0: Did you come up with a slightly longer one or no?
1: Yep. So then let's do medium. Okay. Okay. So medium, you would do the same thing. Pull in that short copy that you just wrote or assembled, let's say, and I would do something like this. So let's start from the beginning. Hey, Milwaukee. And by the way, I would put emojis in this. So like the little hand wave emoji, Cool. get your first week at yoga studio name for 11 bucks feel fitter and more relaxed starting immediately. And this is where I would just add a simple testimonial. I actually went to some of our local yoga studios and I just added in some testimonials that I found. So this place is incredible. I've been waiting for something like this to come to Milwaukee and I'm so happy I found it. It has changed my life. I leave feeling amazing physically and mentally. Click now to get signed up.
0: Okay. So hold on a second. So This is literally the exact same ad. Yep. It's just that you've added a testimonial inside of it. And then the call to action is below the testimonial. Is that right?
1: Call to action is below the testimonial. What you don't see, and of course, I just had to do it myself, even though I knew nobody would see it, is I put emojis in here too. So I have like the hand wave emoji and a little yoga emoji and the little heart face. So you can definitely emoji this up and make it a little more exciting, but it's that simple.
0: Real quick question.
1: Oh, yeah. Go ahead.
0: I'm fascinated by the fact that you put the offer before the problem. You know what I mean? So I think you said, hey, Milwaukee. Wait, what was the second sentence? Do you have it handy?
1: Get your first week at Yoga Studio Name for $11. Feel fitter and more relaxed.
0: Why'd you put the offer right up front before you actually said, hey, are you looking for a yoga studio or whatever? I'm just curious what the thought process was there.
1: Okay. So you can totally play with this and we'll kind of get to ways you can alternate this and test this in different ways. I actually went to just like a landing page from a local gym here and I just pulled off the headline. I see. So I just literally pulled off the headline and then I went to that gym's testimonials and I just searched through their testimonials and then altered it a little bit to fit this Milwaukee fake gym that I made. Got it. But we're going to talk about ways that you can play with this a little bit. So you can try putting a question first. You can try putting a very carefully thought through pain point first, kind of like what we were just discussing.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, the difference between a longer one versus a shorter one, would you just add more testimonials?
1: Add more testimonials. Okay. And that's exactly what I did for the long one. I'll save the time, but I just added testimonials specifically that addressed some of the pain points. In fact, let me actually just read off a couple of testimonials so you can kind of hear how persuasive these are. Again, these are real testimonials. So this place is unlike anything I've ever experienced. I look forward to working out now right? Because most people, when you think about what are the pain points of your customers, if you're a gym, let's say, or yoga studio, whatever, it is that I don't want to work out. I don't want to get started. I don't like working out, right? I don't like going to the gym. So you want to choose testimonials that specifically address the pain points that you hear commonly as you're having your sales calls and and that sort of thing.
0: I love it because it's objection handling, right?
1: 100%.
0: These are the things people say why they don't want to go. And these testimonials address those objections. So it makes a lot of sense to include them, right?
1: Now, let me read you this next one, and you're going to be sold on this yoga studio. For someone who's not the typical gym-loving mom, this studio is the place for me. I didn't even make it all the way through my $11 unlimited week before I signed up for the Black membership. I just had to be part of this studio. It's 45-minute escape from the world where I can recharge my body and my spirit, not to mention I'm in the best shape of my life after five kids. Nice. I mean, nothing is going to sell this place more than that type of testimonial. So don't just go lazy looking for testimonials. You specifically want testimonials that speak to the pain points. You know, it would be so easy to pull a testimonial in that said, they have the best teachers or they have the best instructors. And most people are not thinking about their workout experience, thinking, gosh, I just want to find a place with the most amazing instructors. But when you talk to gym owners, that's usually what they're going to emphasize. And you want to train your mind to be looking for testimonials that actually overcome your customer or client's objections, kind of just what Mike was speaking to.
0: You mentioned emojis earlier. Yes. Talk to me about why they're so important.
1: Okay. So a couple of things. These are kind of you know ways you can dress up your ads. we'll Calls like the finishing touches, the accessories, right? So this is the belt, the shoes, earrings, all that stuff that makes or breaks an outfit. So emojis are so powerful. The reason why, and this is for all age groups. Some people think, oh, my client is kind of like, you know, I'm always targeting like older demographic or very professional demographic. I can't use emojis. There's emojis that would play to that very well. So if you're targeting professionals, you know, there's like charts and graphs and computers and things like that that you can use to pull in. You want to add as many visual elements to your ads wherever possible. Visuals help people put themselves in there, In the experience right away so even a little emoji can have that impact we've tested this across i don't even know how many industries let's just say countless industries at this point and from very serious industries to very playful ones and ads with emojis typically convert better but test this for yourself do the exact same ad one with emojis one without i'll tell you a few of my secret emojis so Green check mark has always performed in busters for me. Put that wherever I can, all the time. Green check mark is an amazing emoji. There's a black check mark as well. It does not perform as well as the green check mark. The kiss face is always an excellent one if your brand or if your industry is a little more playful. Actually, all of the little baby face, that one's so good too. I mean, there's so many good ones. I guess it's industry dependent. I always love the little sprout one. If it's like gym, personal development, that sort of thing, the little sprout can do awesome. There's so many great emojis. And I would just say, go through, see what resonates with you and start testing them. Here's kind of another cool trick. When you talk about kind of dressing up your ads, sometimes people don't think about the grammar in the ways that they should. So if you have a younger demographic, try taking out all of your punctuation. Really? Yes. <laughs> just take it all out. <laughs> okay. And you could use emojis in place of punctuation, but just A B test, you know, do one ad with the proper punctuation and one ad without. I want you to think of your ads almost like you text people. Huh. And Mike, I don't know if you have done audit on your text lately for grammar, but I'm guessing that probably even you and i know i certainly have loosened up my grammar as the years has gone on
0: yeah 100% yeah
1: you want to loosen up you want your ads to feel super native to whatever platform you're on and facebook and instagram are very casual platforms honestly if i'm targeting anyone under 30s i'll take out the punctuation and just see how it performs it's not going to be a make or break like oh my gosh we took out the punctuation and our ads just went through the roof. It's not like that, but they might perform just a little bit better.
0: Let's talk about the headline, the way Facebook thinks about the headline, which is the text below the image, right? So talk to me about your strategy specifically with the headline because so much of what we've talked about up to this point has been the body copy, right? And if we think about the logical order, people are going to see the image first and probably scroll up to read the copy. Is that generally how it works?
1: Yeah. What my eye does, and Mike, I'd be curious what your eye does. um, My eye naturally kind of does a little ping pong effect. So it goes, and this happens extremely fast, right? Image headline right up to copy. And then the copy is my make or break. So if I'm compelled enough by the copy, then I click over.
0: Ah, uh, So the headline is actually something people see probably because it's like framed with the image, right? It is almost like a caption, right?
1: It feels like it's part of it, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, remember on Instagram, you don't have the headlines. And when we talk about Facebook ads, of course, remember, usually about 60% of your budget is naturally going to Instagram unless you deselect that. But for headlines, what I like to do is I test two things and I probably could kind of go down the rabbit hole of this and I'm pulling up my actual headlines so I can read some of them off for you. But I like to test two things with the headline, basically a strong benefit and then whatever the offer is, just plain and simple, super direct. So nothing creative, nothing fancy. So I'm going to tell you one of our headlines that has done really well.
0: Well, while you're looking for them, I'll give it a stab. If we're talking about Milwaukee Yoga Studio, I would be like, you know, Milwaukee's best yoga studio for moms or something like that, right? Perfect. That might be a declarative statement and a more benefit statement might be, you know, something along the lines of you'll feel better than you felt in years.
1: Yes, exactly. Right. Totally. You could even go like feel fitter and healthier in 30 days. There you go. You know, you could really like play into that a little bit more. So When you're talking about exactly what the offer is, I was just going to pull in a couple of what we've used in the past really successfully. Free download, the ultimate Facebook ad swipe file. That's been a very effective, very direct headline. No fancy, nothing creative. And by the way, I wonder, Mike, how you feel about headlines. I try never to get too creative. I just like direct what it is, what the promise is, done. I don't like get super fancy.
0: Well, here's the thing. I mean, I think, you know, on a sales page, that might not work, right? So this is one of those situations where the headline on your sales page might be too long for you to use.
1: Very true. Absolutely.
0: For example, you might have a really nicely rich headline that's a little bit more focused on design to really get them drawn in. That might be your first sentence in your body copy. And the headline in the Facebook ad sounds like it's meant to be something that goes with the image. I don't know. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, pulling right from that landing page. And that is a great point, Mike. If your headline is too long, then it will not work for your ads because people won't be able to read it all the way.
0: Plus, you said it won't work on Instagram either.
1: So you might have to shorten it and truncate it a little bit to fit that.
0: Yeah. Like, for example... I've got one real quick, just so you know, like for social media marketing world, we've got a pretty long headline. It says discover the best oh, yeah. social media marketing strategies from the world's top experts. I don't think that would fit. That wouldn't fit. It's too many words. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And that's where you could say, oh, so again, we could just say what it is, right? Right. Social media marketing world is happening in March. It's there you in go. San Diego. I would probably shorten it to something like that. Just what it is. Right. And then if we wanted to do benefits, right, we could say learn from the world's top social media marketing experts. Right. We'd have to truncate that for sure. Right. And we'd have to just go straight to, you know, kind of the heart and the meat of it.
0: How many characters do we have? Do you know in a headline? It's pretty short, in right?
1: Headline, it's very short. Yes. And I should have pulled that up before.
0: I would imagine it's like five words or something like that. Right.
1: Yeah. It's about five to seven words is usually about what you can fit in there. And it depends on your button too. And I'll tell everyone another little trick. Depending on your ad objective, you can choose no button as your call to action and test this and see, but typically no button converts extremely well, surprisingly. And that gives you more headline space.
0: Because you can put a bigger headline in there and also it might look a little less like an ad because it doesn't have the button. I don't know. I'm just throwing it up.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. What about the image itself? Let's talk about copy because the image itself... Should have copy in it. Let's talk about that.
1: Okay, so test this. Oh, you guys will get annoyed with me telling you to test, 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 right? But truly you've got to test it. So it can do great and it can do not great. I find that often just what I call raw images, meaning it has no design, no text, they perform extremely well. Sometimes a little bit of branding, a little logo, that can do great. Test it with copy and see. Just don't be surprised if the no copy imagery wins out.
0: Fascinating. Can we use shapes like arrows and stuff like that or emojis inside the images? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Arrows, no longer. So this is very timely, but Facebook has been coming down very hard on accounts that use arrows. And you gotta be careful about things that look like buttons and things people can click. Huh. If it doesn't have that functionality, if arrows for some reason have been like on Facebook's hit list lately, they just do not like arrows and images.
0: So do you find that mostly the best stuff is a photograph of something or something that you would create inside of Canva without any text in it or something like that?
1: Absolutely. Just a simple image. You can even pull stock. Stock can sometimes do fabulous. If it's a personal brand, obviously imagery of you. If it's, you know, a facility, images of the facility, you know, you teach classes or something, images of that, like action photos from your process, like things like that can be great. Your actual products, obviously, if your product kind of depends on what you are, but I would just say you might be surprised how simple imagery can often win out, but play with some words, play with adding some copy, some text on there, see how it does, but always compare it to the raw imagery or no design imagery and see how that performs.
0: Video. Yeah. And I'm not talking Reels ads here, but I'm talking about like a good old fashioned video (laughs) ad, like something that would be on Instagram feed or something that would be on the Facebook feed. Do you recommend that the video itself has some of the very same copy that's actually in the ad itself because most people are going to be reading it without the sound on? Or what's your thoughts on that?
1: Okay. So video, oh, there's so many types of video, right? But I would say whatever you can do to get the hook of the video in text on in the first few seconds is probably one of the biggest bangs for your buck in terms of copy and video. Obviously, subtitle it, et cetera, et cetera. If you're going to add additional text copy into the video, just make sure it's very hooky. Ask a question, agitate the problem, whatever it is, but make sure there's a hook right there.
0: Tara, this has been super, super valuable. I know that a lot of people probably are like taking notes or they're pulling over and taking notes, they're going to like call their person and say, you got to listen to this. (laughs) If someone listening right now wants to discover more about you and all the great things you've got going on, do you have a place you want to send them to?
1: Oh, thanks, Mike. Absolutely. So I would love to send you to your ad kit. So we put together an ad kit from literally hundreds of conversations we've had with marketers and business owners over the years asking us their top burning priority questions. And we answered those all in a simple, cohesive ad kit. It has swipe files, has the 27 words never to use on Facebook, all of our headline formulas and imagery formulas and everything there. So you can go to youradkit.com and you can grab it.
0: Awesome. And Tara, if people want to connect with you on the socials, like Instagram or any other place, do you have a preferred social platform?
1: Absolutely. Well, Instagram for sure. I am working on figuring out TikTok.
0: Oh, nice. What's your ID on Instagram?
1: It's uh, at Tara Zerker, and that's where I'm most active. So I'd love to connect with you. Please feel free to send me a DM and tell me what you found most valuable or any follow-up questions you have. I love to answer those.
0: Tara, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your awesome insights with us. I know we're better because of it. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Mike.
0: Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at com slash 501. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a long-time listener, let your friends know about this show. I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.